You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 64, Indispensable, Not Incomplete. Well, today we are talking about people in youth ministry leadership who find themselves single, men and women. Uh, But our guest today will talk more specifically to single women. Her name is Angie Woods, and she is a life coach working with single women in ministry. You'll hear a little bit more from her about herself and her ministry here in a second. Uh, but I encourage you, if you find yourself being single in ministry, or if you have volunteers that are, uh, this was an encouraging conversation. And Angie has a resource uh, that is in the show notes and on our website to be able to help guide people through their season of singleness and seeing it as a time to capitalize on where God has them, not as a waiting room until something better shows up. Let's dive into this conversation with Angie. Angie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Uh, if you could, for our audience, give us a little uh, brief intro about who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, Jeff, thanks so much for having me today. I'm super excited to have this conversation, and I feel like it's much needed in this space. Um, My name is Angie Woods, and I'm a life coach for Christian single women, and I really help them um, kind of figure out what lies or thoughts they've been believing and seeing what those kind of thoughts and beliefs are creating in their life, and then how they can start to think about other through their life in other ways so Mm -hmm. that they can kind of create the life that they most want. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, So for this episode, we're talking about why those in youth ministry leadership who are single are vital to their ministry. Um, Angie, let's begin with your story. I know that you (laughs) primarily use your own life and experience when you coach and guide others. So if you could share that uh, experience with us. Yeah. So I found myself single um, out of college and I had never really thought my life would be like that, right? You kind of, from a young age, grew up believing, oh, I'll get married and have kids in my 20s. And so post-college, I just was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And anyways, I found myself in uh, youth ministry at 25, wanting to be married and yet um, hanging out with junior high, high school, and even college kids that were leaders for us in our ministry. And so as when I got married at 31, it's so funny, Jeff, because I feel like the things that I thought marriage would kind of help, you know, make better in my life. I think it really emphasized for me, maybe some of the struggles that I didn't deal with when I was, you know, in my mm-hmm. singleness. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I, after I figured all that, I, I remember being, uh, I don't know how old I was, but I had three kids in my van and I'm in the, in the drive-through line of Chick-fil-A. And I remember looking at my reflection in the mirror going, this is everything that I dreamed I would have. And yet I'm still struggling. I'm still, Mm. it's still hard. I'm still. And so um, anyways, when I kind of threw some different resources and some different, um, I had a life coach that I got to experience kind of helping me with what was going on with my thoughts. Um, After all of that, and then I got certified as life coach, I heard someone say, be who you needed 10 years ago. 
And man, the, the woman, the woman that I was at, you know, 28, 29, that was people pleasing, that was finding her identity and hanging out with the junior high and high school kids. And the woman that was really struggling to love who she was, that's who I needed. And so I want to be that for the single women now who find themselves in that place and her struggling and her struggling to, um, understand why they're still single, right? But also what to do with that season of singleness um, that they find themselves in. So, yeah. yeah. Great. And uh, yeah, what that, I love that quote. And I think that, isn't that what Matthew McConaughey said when he accepted his, uh, his Oscar for best actor, something like who, like his, his goal and who he looks up to is himself in 10 years and, and like, and then who he needed. And when I was at um, a youth conference years ago, uh, Brad Montague, I think is his last yeah, name, yes. He's developer of Kid President. Yes. He had a quote that just sticks with me. And he basically said the same thing. He said, be who you needed to be, be who you needed when you were younger. Yes. Yeah. And yes. when you think about that, and I mean, that's a huge reason why I'm in ministry, why, why you're exactly. in coaching, why probably yes. a lot of us um, in any kind of field where we're investing and pouring into others, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's as a medical professional, as a hands-on worker is because we realize this is a need that people have. And when I was younger, I could have benefited from someone like this. So it's very important. Yeah. 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 And to take what we've learned and to go back and to teach those skills, you know, hoping to help, you know, those teenager those teenage years be less painful, right? I think, I think that's what we want for, you know, when I was spending time with the junior high and high school kids, it's like, I want them to know who they are. I want them to feel confident that the Lord has something for them. Right. You know, but really helping them understand um, those kind of things that we struggled with so that maybe they don't have to go through it. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So something I heard growing up, speaking of in the past, something I heard growing up more than once and from people and from pulpits that I respected um, was that those who are single are basically incomplete and not in accordance with God's will until they get married. And I'm not talking about Christ in the church, which is what Paul says specifically in Ephesians 5. I'm not sure how you can miss that. What they're talking about is being married to an earthly spouse. And that interpretation of scripture or point of basis for any kind of theology is not only inaccurate, but harmful. Um, How do you think that made single people feel who desired marriage? How do you think that made single parents like my mom feel Mm -hmm. when they heard that? Uh, Single people who felt secure in the Lord and happy. How do you think that made them feel? Yeah. Um, Angie, can you talk about some of the trauma and pain uh, that your clients have taken on? Maybe especially the kind that was dealt from the church. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can understand that the church wants to really foster families and, and uniting husbands and wives and there being, you know, like sure. God's yeah. design in that. And fortunately, sometimes the reciprocation of that is that when you're not in that space, you feel less than you feel mm-hmm. not good enough. You feel left out, left behind. And Jeff, um, you know, a lot of singles when they're post-college Um, don't know where they fit in a church. That's a common, you know, discussion that we have. And are they just good because they can serve, you know, in ministries like, you know, children's ministry or youth ministry, 
or like, where do they find their role? Right. And so we just like um, marriages, we want those to be healthy and thrive. We want single um, people, men and women to be healthy and thrive. And so there's kind of this place, Jeff, that I feel like they not only can feel a little left behind, but then they feel like they're not apart. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, I think about uh, often uh, if people have heard the podcast, they've heard me talk about um, how I don't take for granted the massive number of amazing relationships I've had in the church um, and how I'm really a product of the church family as much as my biological family. Uh, And there are several single people. In fact, you know, even people who are married now, kind of like you, when you were working with with those students, people who were single, who poured into me and invested in me. And I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for their influence, for them walking alongside me. Um, Not just being a babysitter in a classroom for an hour on Sundays, but really actually taking time to invest um, in me and my friends just so crucial and I'm so grateful for them and uh, there are people who you know I think of a professor uh, I can't remember his name but he's a professor at Dallas Seminary my alma mater and he he said um, that over the years he's really grown comfortable and accepting that he is living a life of singleness and Mm -hmm. celibacy and he thinks Mm -hmm. that's what God's called him to and he has an amazing ministry. Um, he's not disqualified from teaching at the seminary. Um, I, so many students I've heard speak about him, love him, love his heart. It's not fake. He's very authentic. He's not braggadocious about it, but he stands out because as you mentioned, right, rightly so the church does want to foster the idea of family and marriage. We are married to Christ. Jesus presents God, the father as our father. And so that family uh, imagery is there. And that's why I love, um, you know, our church has really done a good job emphasizing, you know, on Mother's Day, on Father's Day, hey, we have spiritual fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles who pour into and invest in our children and teens here. And all of us have uh, people in our lives who aren't blood, but they're aunt so-and-so, you know, Um, and it's very, very needed. Um, And I just, I very much appreciate that. Um, Maybe can you speak about uh, the people who you've coached and um, linked up with, um, like how they see themselves in the church and in their ministry, maybe before and then after they've been able to speak with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work with some, a lot of women who do have their own small group of junior high or high school girls, right? And one of the, one of the best conversations that I tend to have with them is, you know, they, you know, there's been a, well, I, I should say, sometimes we believe that life is better in another place than where we are. Right. So kind of, you know, we kind of fantasize like, well, when I'm married, it's so much better, but when I'm single, it's just, right. Right. And so really I help my clients understand there's a 50, 50 to singleness and there's a 50, 50 to marriage. And so when they can really embrace the full 50, 50 of their singleness, like 50% positive and 50% negative, they're going to be able to do that in their marriage or in whatever circumstances they find themselves in. And so what I really help, um, a lot of my women who also serve, um, helping them just be real with their, with the junior high and high school kids that they serve. Right. And really help them understand like 
this is the part of singleness that I love and is so awesome. And here's the other part of singleness that is hard. I'm alone. I'm learning how to do life alone. I'm learning how to make decisions for myself. I'm learning how to, um, you know, be my own biggest fan. I'm learning how, you know, and all the things that they're learning in their singleness, a little bit of them feel timid to share that with their, you know, with their women or their men, you know what I mean? And so helping them understand um, that they get to be the, be an example of what it looks like to take care of themselves, what it looks like to do singleness well, and to also want marriage and how to handle a desire that is not met. And I'm sure there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of different things that kids and youth deal with having desires not being met, you know, and so helping, helping the single women who I work with, they're able to go out and do a better job of going, Hey, here's the reality of my life. And I'm choosing to love it because this is where the Lord has me. And guess what? You could choose to love this situation that you're in and this situation, but they, they have to understand and really know who they are and um, who God has made them to be. And that they're not less worthy or less valuable because they have a circumstance of singleness in their life. Yes, absolutely. The, the whole concept of, um, what I mentioned earlier that I heard growing up and what you've seen and what you're uh, the people that you work with and how they feel messages they've either heard directly or that they get given themselves uh, mm-hmm. is that I'm not enough. Um, yeah. You know, I need the validation or yes. the partnership with someone else to really validate who I am. And yeah. it's just a lie and it's, yeah. it's a destructive one. Yeah. Um, and when I talk to, our students about marriage, mm-hmm. um, purity, singleness, and yeah. um, all that. I really talk about it in the scope of, okay, not just thinking about yourself and what you want, but really why God has you where he has you around mm-hmm. who he has you with and why he has you there. And yeah, yeah most of us really hope that leads to marriage yeah. and sure. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, you know, when I asked students, um, hey, uh, this was a long time ago, like probably seven years ago. I'm like, hey, uh, how old do you think you're going to be when you get married? And yeah. like, if you had to pan out the next 20 years right now yeah. as a 14 year old, 15 year old, yeah. what do you think it's going to look like? And they gave a lot of the same answers that I probably would have given at their age, like, oh, you know, by the time I'm 24, I'll probably be married and yeah. have a first kid coming on the way. And, yeah. um, and that, that might happen. My, right. uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they're 24 and expecting yeah. their, their first yeah. child. Yeah. Um, I think of myself at 24 and I'm like, that would have been a train wreck. Like That would have yeah. been awful. Yeah. Um, and we just get this idealistic, version of you can call it the american dream you can call Mm -hmm. it just like expectations we see now through social media through media in general through comparison it's like here's what needs to happen for the ideal life and so often when we make goals our students make goals and maybe even our leaders come in as an intern or someone who wants to be in ministry a list of goals is usually things that we want to accomplish and not a list of things of characteristics of who we want to be. Yeah. And we need to focus more on the latter. We need to focus more yeah. on who God has made yeah. and how God has made us for who we yes. are and for our good and his glory. And our good is 
dependent on his timing, his will. And when we learn to rest in that, just like the professor I mentioned, just like several other people that we know who in their singleness, they're living a vibrant life. That is great. And if that's what God Mm -hmm. has for you, then that's what God has for you. And um, it's important to know that. And so Angie, let's, um, let's shift to the proper perspective on singleness, some positive affirmation. Um, What are some ways that you coach and encourage uh, people to steward and maximize their season or their life of singleness? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I really push um, that people that are finding themselves single when they didn't think they would, that they really fall in love with who God made them to be who God created them to be and to have an incredible relationship with themselves. And really, Jeff, that boils down to thinking amazing thoughts about who God made them to be. Because Jeff, I don't know if you had a in on this, but I did not get to pick what I looked like and my personnel. I didn't like turn in a profile and say, God, can you do this? Right. Mm-hmm. I am this way because he made me this way. And so falling in love with my personality, with my number on the Enneagram or whatever, with, you know, all the different, my INSJV, you know, all the different things, but also falling in love with my eyes and my hair and and my skin and, and all the things that God made uniquely about me. Like I get to steward, I get to honor him by honoring it and really building that relationship with myself that Jeff, as you know, in your married life, you have a relationship with you forever, no matter if you're married or not. Right. And, and that was probably the piece that I missed out on the most. I was so busy falling in love with all these kids and all these youth and everyone else that I, I didn't take time to really honor me and who God was making me. And I didn't take care of me and I punted sleep and doing all those things and, you know, really taking care of my mental health and my spiritual health because I was, you know, pouring out to others and not making my relationship with myself, who God made me to be so important. So I really encourage people to clean up their thoughts about themselves. And I really encourage people to create a very full life that they fall in love with, right? Like, it's not like our life begins when we're married. Like, like you said, who am I becoming in, in this place? Like, who is God wiring me to be? Um, what is he going to teach me during the season and for as long as it lasts, right? And then be a conduit for God in this space. Like, you have things in your singleness that married people and people with children do not have. Like, so let him use you in that space, whether it's at work or in, in your working with youth or wherever they find themselves in, let him work through you with your time, talents, and treasures. And that's what we try to do when we're married or, you know, all those different things. So really encourage people to let God be a conduit through them. And then, handling and stewarding their sexual desires is like a really big piece. You know, they, they get to own like, Hey, this, like you said, that, that gentleman who, you know, knows he's single. It's like, he wants to honor God with the sexual desires that he was given that were meant to draw him to a spouse. And that looks Jeff, like having a plan and understanding what that desire is there for and how to really set yourself up to succeed in that space. And then the last thing I really encourage is just really taking the time to make singleness to their advantage, not against them. So many of people before they work with me are just beating themselves up and making singleness mean so many negative things about themselves. And so I just really work with them to 
help them see what is holding them back um, and how they can really let that go and really have that foundation of who God made them to be, that they're 100% worthy, lovable, and valuable just the way they are. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. And I'm glad you brought up the uh, starting line or finish line analogy with marriage, especially with students when I bring that up <clears throat> in the context of purity or in the context of wholeness. It's mm -hmm. like, if you're looking at marriage as um, a finished line and a, okay, when I get to this point, I'm not going to struggle with this anymore about my self image, about sexual desires, about whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. In many ways, marriage or some other big transitional part of your life in a different season is a new starting line for new challenges and new yes. things. And yes. there are lots of advantages to being single versus being married. Yeah. Paul says in scripture, hey, yeah. it, if it's easier to be single, then I would do it. Or yeah. you you might want to do that. And we yeah. should hear that. Um, there are people throughout scripture being used and named um, to host churches, to help yes. deliver and speak letters that Paul wrote, who are yes. single and are yeah. officers in the church and are yeah. serving others and investing in others. You're not defined by a spouse. You're defined by your creator and being made in his image. And that's yes. why you have worth. That's why we have worth. Yes. And so it's good to focus on that. And that's why I'm so glad Paul ends that litany of important analogies and pictures in Ephesians 5 with, I'm talking about Christ in the church, which is a mystery. It's something that's yeah. always going to be transformative and <clears throat> draw curiosity from us to want to know more about ourselves and who God is and why he made us for the purpose that he has set for us. Yeah. And it's a needed thing that we have community. And so yeah. in, in many ways, while <clears throat> someone who is single in many practical ways is alone, um, holistically speaking, um, none of us are ever alone. And it's good, especially for people who are single, to really lean into that community. And yeah. um, some of the healthiest communities I know um, have lots of single people in them. Yeah. And um, we get to really experience why the body of Christ, why the bride of Christ is united and together right. and not just one person or just a certain group of people. It's yeah. global. Um, yes. It's really all of us. And it's really neat to see the different perspectives and personalities and gifts and influences people can bring regardless yes. of their marital status. But people who are single bring a flavor that's very much needed in the kingdom yes. and in the body of Christ. Yeah. And Jeff, as you know, more and more people find themselves post-college single yep. and it, we're just going to continue to see that. So in, in working with youth, we want to equip them. Hey, you might find yourself married. You might also find yourself single. And here is what it looks like to do both of those well. Yes, absolutely. And uh, speaking of equipping, uh, as we wrap up, you have a resource for our viewers and for our listeners. Yeah. And so in telling us about that resource, could you also tell us about where people can connect with you online? Yeah. Well, I created this freebie, Five Mistakes Single Women Make and How to Avoid Them to really help single women see what are some of the things that a ton of my clients have done and, and what the, once they can start avoiding those, what that will look like for their life. And so, um, they can find that that's going to be in the show notes, but yes, it will. you can find me at, um, 
www.stewardingyourstory.com. And that's where I have a blog that I write every single week. And I have tons of resources in that place um, for single women. You can also find me on Instagram at Angie Woods Coaching or on Facebook. And I have a Facebook private group for single women who love Jesus. And we, I do really fun challenges in there. There's over 800 women that are in that community that share and encourage one another and pray for each other. It's just a really fun space. So yeah, it's been fun to see the Lord bring together women from all over the country that have singleness in common and they want to do this season well. And it's so neat to see how the Lord is just really, um, using, uh, this, this ministry to kind of come, you know, create that community, like you said, that they maybe don't have, but also, a safe space for them to um, really deal with the issues that they deal with in their singleness and to not feel alone. So, yeah, love it. Thank you. And all those social media links and website links and the link for that resource will be in the show notes and YouTube video description. And I'll also put the resource on our website. And so you can look for that there as well. Angie, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, It's been great having you. I'll be praying for you in this much needed ministry for the sake of women and for the sake of the kingdom as we invest in the future generations of the church, um, both those who will be married and single. (laughs) So thank you again, Angie. Yeah, thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Angie for joining us. The resource that we mentioned is in the show notes along with her contact information. So go check out her ministry. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, please go check that out and subscribe there as well. We have all of our episodes on YouTube starting this season. Also, every Friday, only on YouTube, we have a special five-minute segment called the Fantastic Friday Five. So go and check that out this Friday. On our website, youthministrymaverick.com, you can find all of our episodes, a complete list of our guests and their bios, a list of organizations to help you in your own ministry, some articles I've published, a store to support the podcast, and more. So go check that out. You can also find all of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We appreciate ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts so we can be more seen. And if you leave us a review, not just a rating, but a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me and I will send you a personal thank you card with some merchandise you can't buy on the website. That's all for now. Hope to see you on YouTube this Friday. But until next time, thanks for listening. Adios.